Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there. I hope that you're having a good month. This is July. This is month 11 of our glory study. We're on Dig a Bit number two for this month. I wanted us to start on number six. We're reading about the visitation of the Lord that was on display as His glory was manifested from Sinai at the giving of the Ten Commandments and the further injunctions beyond the Ten Commandments, the Levitical Law. So it says in your book, it was ungetaroundable that God was right there in the mountain. I almost tremble as I read the last verse of Exodus 31. The finger of God was in mercy writing out a protective conduct code for his own people, a code that would keep them a protected people so that they could carry the seed that would one day produce the mother of the Lord Jesus, into whom the holy seed of the Holy Spirit would be placed, and in whose womb the holy child would grow, the ultimate visitation. Write that verse here. Well, It might sound confusing, I didn't mean for it to, but the verse that I wanted you to write is simply Exodus 31, the last verse of that chapter, which says that the covenant was given by the finger of God. Turning over there right now, Exodus 31, and he gave to Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. And that's the verse that I wanted you to write down there because I just think it's powerful for us to, even with our human pens, write the fact that God wrote something with his very finger. So I wanted you to take the time to write out that verse, but while you're there, I've jotted a few more verses beneath number six myself that I wanted to talk to you about just for a minute today about those tables of stone. The first time God gave the tables of stone is in Exodus chapter 24. We read about that there. And it's interesting to notice that Moses didn't have to hew those first stones out. God did that, apparently. Exodus 24 verse 12. Let me flip back there just for a minute. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me in the mount and be there, and I will give you tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that you may teach them. So the first time around, God is giving the tables of stone already created, already made. It's interesting, too, that God was using both a mind and a material that had been present from the foundation of the world. He didn't create something new to put those stones on, to put those commandments on. He used stone. And of course the mind that gave those commands had been eternal. But anyway, it's just very interesting to note here that God used his own material that had been present since the beginning of time and gave that material, crafted it 
before Moses not only shaped it but gave it to Moses and he wrote on those stones with his very finger we don't write on stones with our fingers but God was able to carve into stone with his very fingers the second time around Moses was the one who hewed out the stones and we find that verse the second time around we have in Exodus well Exodus 24 12 is where God hewed out the stones but Exodus 34 verse 1 tells us and the Lord said to Moses this is the second time around after he you know what happened he came down from the mountain and Aaron had crafted a golden calf and the people were singing and dancing and reveling in sin there around that idolatrous monument that they had built and Moses became angry and cast the stones out of his hands and broke them and you remember what happened to the powder was ground up and they had to drink the powder in the water and here he goes again Exodus 34 verse 1 the Lord said to Moses hew thee or grave two tables of stone like unto the first and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which you broke that's really interesting too to think about the fact that God here is telling him to carve stones and this is going to be the last time that they're going to be able to put a chisel to stone and please God because God wasn't going to let them put a chisel to a stone anymore lest they fall into idolatry it's interesting that Moses was the one who got to carve out these two tables of stone he was the one who had gotten the best look at the first two tables of stone he knew what they were supposed to look like but still when I just think about the responsibility of carving out what God was gonna write on it's just quite amazing to me to think about how I would have felt the time that I would have taken the way that I would want my chisel to be sharpened the holiness that would just be a part of that job for me that I would be called on to chisel out the stones on which the finger of God would write the laws for civilization for the next thousand years is just beyond what I can even think about but Moses was just a man he saw the stones that God had and so he had this amazing responsibility to carve out these stones and to ascend the mountain once more once more with those stones now this was the final time of course that God's finger wrote upon stones those Ten Commandments but there is a third time that God has a written law and that law he wrote on our hearts Let's just look at some passages really quickly about the place where God has written the law for us today. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 31. I'm going to turn over there now. Jeremiah chapter 31. 
I can hear my pages turning, I know. And I think we'll start in verse 31. That's easy to remember, Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to that same covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I was an husband to them, says the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts, and I will write it in their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. There's a lot that we could say about that passage, and we have in various other podcasts, but the part I want us to just key in on today is that today... The rock that the law is written on is our hearts. And what a responsibility that is to maintain God's writing material today. Hebrews 8 verse 10, it says there, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Hebrews 10, verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Let's look at also in prophecy at again at Isaiah chapter 51. Isaiah chapter 51. Let's just uh, kind of start at the beginning here. We're obviously talking about Jesus here. Hearken to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock whence you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit from whence you are digged. Okay, so we're hewn out of a rock. Look unto Abraham your father and unto Sarah that bare you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him, for the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. So old Israel, it says, was hewn from a rock. New Israel is hewn from a rock. Hearken unto me, my people. We're obviously talking about the time of Jesus here. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear to me, O my nation, for a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. My righteousness is near. My salvation is gone forth, and mine arm shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arm shall they trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish away like smoke, and the earth will wax old like a garment, and they who dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. We're talking about the everlasting kingdom here, the church. 7. Hearken unto me, ye who know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, 
neither be ye afraid of their revilings. I just think it's very interesting here that God was the hewer, the crafter of the first tables of stone. Moses was the crafter of the second pair of stones. And we are the recipients, of course, of the third law of God. And at the, the third time God wrote the law, he wrote it inside us, in our hearts. Now, of course, we have the New Testament, and that's, that is what we ingest in order to have the law written on our hearts. Of course we do. And God, through the priesthood of Jesus Christ and our response to his death, burial, and resurrection, our obedience to the word, the law then is written on our hearts. But what about our responsibility to maintain our hearts, the written law. Now, what did, what did Moses do with that law? Well, the Lord told Moses to go and put it in the tabernacle, in the Ark of the Covenant. And where is the law today? It's in us. It's in our hearts. So what is our responsibility to, to maintain and keep that law within our tabernacles? Well, it is that we would be sure that we honor that law and keep our tabernacle sanctified because it's going to contain that law. And we are studying this month about how that tabernacle was sanctified. We have to keep our tabernacle sanctified because the law is in us today. It's interesting to think about too, when those laws were broken before God had finished giving them to Moses. Moses, God had warned Moses, when you get down there, something bad is happening. I'm already hearing it. I'm already seeing it up here. And when you get down there, you're not going to like it. God really, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what got the warning that God gave Moses as he was about to descend down from the mountain. And he even said, I'm going to destroy this people. And Moses started asking him not to destroy the people before Moses fully knew what was going on when he came down from the mountain. The laws were already being trespassed. They were already being opposed. They were already being, and I want to use the word broken, Although, I want us to be clear here, there were no laws that were diminished in any way by the failure to keep those laws by the people. What I mean is, when they went off into idolatry, did that, make, did that mean the law that says, um, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. When they had that cow going on down there, did that mean the law was of no effect? I want you to notice that really what was broken was the people, not the law. The law still stood. And so the application for us today is that God's law, heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away. When we don't maintain the sanctity of the tabernacle in which God's law presides today, then the law is not diminished. We are broken. We are undone. We must repent. 
So the challenge for today is to remember that God's law today is written on our hearts and we are the tabernacle for that law. We are responsible for maintaining the law in our hearts and it's challenging in the society in which we live to be sanctified. We don't have to offer those blood sacrifices because Christ was once for all sacrificed for us so that we might be sanctified. But in order to keep that law written on our hearts, of course, to maintain the tabernacle where the law is written, where the written law is placed by God himself, then we must be in the word. We must as Romans 12, 1 and 2 puts it, we must decide that we're going to be renewed day by day by the Word and that we're going to remain unspotted from the world. We're going to be holy. We're going to, as Paul said it there, he begged us there, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies, your tabernacle, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. We're the tabernacle where the law is written, and we must maintain the holy place for that law. Now, the perfect place? No. But a sanctified place, a place that's set apart from the world. And as we do that, then... He blesses us. And if we fail to do that, we don't diminish from that law. That law still stands. We just become broken people. I hope you're having a good study this month. And I hope that in trying to draw this analogy, we're not, I don't want to ever try to stretch the text, but there's clear evidence, Old Testament and New, that God wanted us to notice that this law is written on our hearts. Hope you're having a good day. Stay in the Word, and I'll see you soon on the monthly video podcast.